Hello, we are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode number ocho. I'm NMFL with my co-host, Miyagi Poka. Yo, what up? Okay, week seven is over. We're moving into week eight. Teams on by this week are Baltimore Ravens and Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, week seven was an interesting week. Patrick Mahomes almost died, and the yeah. Chiefs sucked. Did you see that hit? Oh, I, I saw it live. I thought, I, I immediately thought Pez Dispenser. I thought his head was going to fall off. It did I, go back all the way back and touch his back. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that's not what I wanted to see. And I'm not a Chiefs fan. I actually root for them to lose from time to time, but I still love seeing that offense in a player like Mahomes thriving in the NFL. So, like, I didn't want to see it go out like that. Yeah, apparently he did pass concussion protocol on the sidelines. Um, but Andy Reid wanted to keep him out for the game. It sounded like earlier this week, it sounded like they were saying he may miss this week's game too, but it doesn't sound like that anymore. It sounds like he's good to go. Yeah, it, it looks like he's fine. So, yeah, you can, you can run him out there for your team, but yikes, that was, that was tough. Yeah. Today's episode, we're going to get into some Week 7 news around the NFL. We'll talk some injuries. Our six-pack this week, we're going to look back at guys that were drafted in rounds, you know, 7 through 11, kind of later round guys that are definitely helping you win this year. We'll tell you a little bit about last-minute lineup choices we made that only benefited our opponents and then give you some matchups to take advantage of. But first, let's get into our beer of the day. Yeah, so um, today we have a pretty special beer. Um, we had to pull some strings to locate this uh, heavy hitter top notch. Well, it's not a heavy hitter, but it's definitely a whale of a beer. Um, it's from Treehouse. If anybody's into the craft beer world and likes their hazy beers, uh, Treehouse is kind of the mecca of, of hazies. Um, there's plenty of other breweries that make outstanding ones, but Treehouse kind of has this stigma to it that it's impossible to get. and it, you know, it's not something you can just go to, you know, your store and find it on the racks unless, like, it's just straight fire racks of beer over and over and over again. But that's I've never seen it on a rack of beer anywhere here. you gotta, you got to get it traded. Yeah, and, you gotta definitely have to find some fire racks. You can't just yeah. pull strings anywhere and get it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this one is the Little Machine. Juice Machine is kind of their, you know, golden unicorn beer that everybody lines up for hours and hours to get. And this is the pale ale version instead of the double IPA version. Uh, so it's 5.5%. Uh, it's got a beautiful color. They, they definitely nail their turbidity. Everything is like super um, hazy. I'm looking for another word than hazy because that's such a generic term now because this is like a, a, everything is quite suspended. All the proteins, the thickness on this beer is just perfect. And, uh, you know, it's got nice grapefruity, nice, bright, vibrant tropical colors or flavors, aromas. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely the fruit comes forward. I like it a lot. The, to me, their, their juice machine, which I think I've only had one time, mm -hmm. is a little sweeter, if I remember correctly. And I kind of like the bitterness in this. I yeah. like, you know, it says, uh, talks about grapefruit in it. And I kind of like the, the bitterness that that, that gives. And uh, at 5.5%, it's, it's pretty crushable. Um, you know, not into the the higher, I think, juice machine, the double. I think yeah. it's in the sevens or eights. Oh, it's, so. I think it's eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. so this is kind of nice just to, uh, you know, get a lot of the, the fruit flavor, a lot of the tropical fruit and stuff. But for me, I still like the bitterness of it. I really, I really like this. Yeah. 
I was laughing because last week you said you liked the bitter ones and then not so much into the hazies, and this week we're breaking out one of the great hazies. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice and bitter. <laughs> it I is bitter, it. yeah. You got your cake and ate it too. Um, Treehouse, their social media is Treehouse Brew Co. Uh, I think they're at treehousebrewing.com. Um, check them out, but unfortunately to uh, get them, you either need to have a mule send them to you or you need to get out to the East Coast. So uh, if you ever get your hands on it, though, it's great. Uh, if you've ever had this beer, let us know. Shoot us an email, fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Hell yeah get into some NFL news and notes for the week. Uh, I think one of the big ones that a lot of the uh, people have been talking about, Brady, Tom Brady, threw his 600 touchdown. Uh, He's crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> unreal. First guy to ever hit 600. Threw it to Mike Evans, who promptly took it to the stands and gave it away. He uh, <laughs> thought someone else needed it more than Brady did. And then the Bucks had to send a staffer over to negotiate with the guy to get the ball back. Did you see that on TV? They I were did, showing yeah. him kind of live, <laughs> talking to him. Yeah, I was, I was cracking up because Mike Evans always gives his touchdown balls away. And then, um, you know, after uh, – because I didn't realize that it happened, you know, but then they show the, the clip of him sitting on the bench afterwards, and he's like, oh, shit, I gave the ball away. <laughs> like, you can totally <laughs> read his lips and everything. He's like, I gave the ball away. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, I saw them go over and – um, at first, it just sounded like dude got, you know, a different ball, uh, a couple jerseys, uh, some, some game-worn cleats, and uh, some autographs. Yeah, I, I have the last haul here if you want to you hear that. It turns out the last haul, he got two signed Brady jerseys. That's red. A Brady helmet, a Mike Evans jersey, and his game-worn cleats. Nice. A uh, $1,000 gift card to the Buck store which people have been joking about, is two items. Yeah. <laughs> um, he got season tickets for the rest of this year and next year. So that's, I mean, that's okay. That's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. Um, Brady has since come out and said he's given him a Bitcoin. Which is nice. And then I just heard yesterday that Gronk <laughs> and a, a couple other guys, uh, <clears throat> what's the guy's name? Mike Aoki, the the. DJ or something like that. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah. Anyways, they're gonna give him thirty thousand in crypto, See, which I don't rad. know exactly what the crypto is, but um, th- you know that's getting a lot better. They heard that I've heard some people say that the ball was definitely worth about five hundred thousand up into the seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and and I was hearing a, a lot of people, you know, like I wouldn't, I would have taken that ball and ran and da da da. It's worth half a million. And well, yeah. What do what do you do? What well, do you do? I they? mean, that's it, so. I mean, you think about it. You're at a game. Your team is the defending Super Bowl champs. That's your team. You're in the end zone, like you're Buck Nation, right? And this guy just brought a Super Bowl to your town. Like you got to watch your team win a Super Bowl. I've never got to do that. So I can't imagine being like, no, fuck that guy. I'm going to take this. Especially when, you know, right off the bat, it seems like you're at a game. You got a game ball. That's awesome. You're not really already spending that money in your head immediately and then they offer you like jerseys and cleats and game balls and it's like fuck yeah dude and you get to to help your your hero out who who just won you a super bowl and then on top of that like with the stuff they keep adding like the bitcoin and so it's going to be about 100 grand like bitcoin's worth over 60 grand whatever cryptocurrency that shit keeps going up i keep looking at my phone laughing at how much that shit's going up so he's still making out with well over 100 grand and like you get season 
tickets to your favorite team during a Super Bowl window where they're fucking killing it. And I don't even think you can put a price on that. I mean, sure, you can pay off your house and it's awesome story, but then you, you don't even have the ball. It's just like, cool, I paid off all this other things. And if, you know, he's financially at a place where he's going to football games and he's sitting in pretty decent seats right there at a, at a spot, I don't think he's needing to sell a football to eat, you know? I th- so when you, when you add all those other things up, I think it's a pretty dope deal for him. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's, there is the line of do you want I mean you, you want the money everybody wants the money yeah, of but it's like where exactly what you're saying where does that line come where now you're the guy that didn't give the ball back to Tom Brady right. and to the team <laughs> and to the the NFL yeah, Hall of Fame Hall of Fame yeah for money as opposed to the guy that did give it back did you know get stuff and I mean they're talking about him in such a positive light exactly and, and people are talking about him like he needs more right as opposed to you believe this guy, asshole? He didn't yeah. do anything. I also heard that um, they wanted, they were part of the very beginning was a meet and greet with Tom. Yeah. Um, and the NFL kind of shut that down with COVID protocols. Right. So, I mean, that would be pretty cool too. I yeah. Mean, I would understand for myself if, if I had somebody as my team's quarterback, that would be worth something oh, yeah. to actually meet him, greet him, say hi, talk to him for a few minutes. Yeah. And so. it's not just your average Joe Schmo. Most of the people who like take the money and run are like, either casual sports fans or not sports fans, but, like, if you're paying money, like, good money to go to a game, like, you're a fan, and your team just won the Super Bowl, and this guy's the reason for it. Like, you're not thinking about just gouging him. Right, right, exactly. And like you said, it's in a positive light. And look, he keeps getting more. Like, the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency, if you just don't touch it in five years, it could be worth more than half a million anyway. Right, right, yeah. I mean, shit. Uh, yesterday, Mark Ingram, he was traded back to the Saints. Uh, Houston sent him back. I don't even think it's actually said what uh, Houston is getting. It's supposed to be some late-round picks, but I don't think it's come out yet. How do you think this is going to affect Alvin Kamara? So I, um, uh, I'm i embarrassed to admit, I, I missed that alert, so I didn't know until like you told me right before we started recording here. And I honestly, I think it's fucking great because um, Ingram was there when when Kamara started right and they have a a great chemistry together there's no selfishness between the two of them and what's great about it is like this last week when we saw Kamara go off for like damn near 40 points that's the Kamara you want he's catching 14 passes for 140 yards and you know he wasn't being efficient running the ball up the gut that's what Ingram is going to do so that's going to save Kamara's body instead of pounding him in the fucking offensive line you know, 20 times a game and then also targeting him. I love the usage. I love the, you know, volume that he's getting. But if he can achieve just those passing yards and passing touchdowns or or receiving touchdowns and then let Ingram take the blunt of, you know, getting your body beat up, running hard down the middle of the, the line, then I think that's great for both of them. And, like, Ingram, you've seen this dude talk. Like, he is a locker room fucking guy. He gets everybody pumped up. I think it's going to be better for the team in, in its entirety. I think it's going to be better for their offense. I think it'll, I think it'll help Jameis. Yeah, exactly. I think, I, think it's, I think it's a great move. Like, I'm, I was fucking giddy when you told me that. Yeah, I am a Camara owner in my, my favorite league, the, the league that I'm the best, you know, best team at. <laughs> and 
there was games this year where they weren't throwing him the ball, yeah. but they were running him a lot. Yeah. And so I was happy with, okay, they're running him, they're not passing, but they're still running him. They're giving him the touches, giving him the touches. Well, I watched this week's game, and it was good to see him throwing it to him, and I'm hoping that they realized, oh, shit, we need to do this every game. But, like you said, some of those runs up the middle were just beating the guy up. Yeah. And, you know, he likes to stand there and say he can do it, and he does it, and it's no big deal. And that's true. Yeah. But you don't need to do it. Yeah, if you've like, got a like battering that. ram like Ingram, who, like, that's his bread and butter. And they're so fun together. I love yeah. when they do interviews <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So, as a Camara owner, as long as they keep the passing work up like they did this last week, I'm all for this. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. And Ingram's not what he was when he was with them last time. So he is just going to be the guy running up the middle for three yards of carry or whatever just to show the defense, hey, we're going to slam this guy into you, Yeah, and then we're going to pitch it out to Kamara for the long run. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy about it. Yeah, and it. look for that to pay off in the fourth quarter too, you know. So they're tiring out that D-line and then a little swing pass to Kamara. He's got a bigger chance of breaking that loose. Exactly. Green Bay is having some issues. Uh, Green Bay wide receivers out with COVID-19. Both Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are both out. They did not travel with the team. They play tonight, uh, the Thursday night game. And um, so what are they going to do? It sounds like Randall Cobb might be his favorite target for the day. How do, what do you feel? Yeah, so I'm kind of on the fence here because Randall Cobb, um, normally I would say you can't just squeeze in a third receiver and expect him to have the same production as definitely not Devontae Adams, but probably not even Lazard either if he's the number two. But Cobb has chemistry with, with Rodgers, so he might. But I'm honestly, I was looking back um, at the games that Adams missed last year, and those are the games where Tunyon actually blew up. That's where he was getting his touchdowns. He was getting those targets. And I think what Rodgers is going to be looking for is a nice, bigger body who um, can get some yak yards afterwards, and that's going to be Tunyon. And then I think it's actually going to help Aaron Jones a lot too. Um, where, you know, he's one of those players where they can scheme for him and try to stop him, but he's such a shifty, strong back. Like, he's, if he's given the opportunity, um, if he's given the opportunity, which I'll get to later, but, you know, if, if the dude gets 20 touches a game, he, he is more than capable of blowing up and getting in the end zone several times a game. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm anticipating more Tunyon and Aaron Jones, um, but that's not to say, like, Randall Cobb still has, you know, fuel in the tank from last year to earlier on this year when you're watching him play. He's not an old wide receiver. Um, he's just more of a slot guy, so I don't think he's going to get all those X type of receiver looks. I think that's a good call. I think Aaron Jones is definitely going to be the, the biggest, you know, of this. He's going to take the most um, balls and, and do the most, and I agree that Tanyan will probably be, be involved. I have a league that, uh, dynasty league that I'm rebuilding, and I had Randall Cobb, and I'm just worried that he's going to have a couple touchdowns, or the possibility is there. So I was desperately trying to trade him <laughs> yesterday just to get him <laughs> off my roster. You know, it's one of those things when you're rebuilding in dynasty, it's it's hard to, you know, I was looking at it, and it's like, well, I, I can't drop Randall Cobb with this news. Right. That's whack. Yeah. It can't sit Randall Cobb with this news. That's also whack. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a fine line of you're tanking, meaning you want to lose, but you're not 
tanking by sitting your best players. Yeah, yeah. You have to have integrity while you're doing that. So, so I sent <laughs> I sent Cobb out instantly to the Devontae Adams owner for like a 24 third. He was like, no. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I sent it to him for like a 24 fourth. He said, no. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> so then I kind of went through almost the whole league, and I sent him out for some people I sent him fourths, and some people I sent $15 in fab. And uh, the Devontae Adams owner jumped on that. He took fifteen dollars for that, yeah. and I was like, "Okay." Yeah, I'm actually shocked that they didn't want to take him for for a fourth. I mean, a third. I mean, I could even see it for for this week, but like a fourth, like what? If I, there could be a chance, if I remember correctly, that he had both sitting there. He might he might not have said no to the fourth. He might have had oh, right. he might have had the fourth sitting there, and then I was like fifteen bucks. I'll just send him both. <laughs> so there's there's the possibility that he didn't necessarily deny the fourth. He just had both, and he took the fifteen yeah. instead, which makes sense. But yeah. yeah, I was like I just needed to find a way to get him off my roster in case he has a good game. Right, right. And then it's one of those things too, where like you like this is the only time where you're going to have a chance to move him because later on like nobody's going to want him. And then he's stuck on your roster, but then, like you said, you can't just fucking drop him. Uh, so, yeah, kudos, man. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was trying to, in my head, like, okay, if somebody counters with $5, <laughs> I was trying to, like, where's my line here? There you go. Um, some injuries in, in week seven, and some of them happened before, but they're leading into week eight. Antonio Brown, um, he missed last week. He has a sprained ankle, but Coach Arians said that it was down by the heel. Um, and so he's not sure on a timeline, but it definitely sounds like a couple weeks. Um, it also sounds like they may get Gronk back, though, so it may not matter that AB is not there. Nick Chubb, he still has a calf injury. He did return to practice this week, but at a limited basis. Um, sounds like they're expecting him to be back. But he may be on a snap count. He, he might be limited. I think Dernis Johnson did such a good job last week that they're not going to just throw Chubb in there at full. Yeah, they don't need to rush it after, after right. that performance. Like, they don't need to strain his calf even more when right. they know that this guy can take the brunt of that load. Baker Mayfield, he was back at practice. He has a shoulder injury, uh, very limited. He wants to start. He's trying his hardest to get out there and start but it sounds like they need to kind of see how the next couple days go and to see his pain tolerance, see if he's able to, to take it. Another worry is if you're starting Baker, if you're a one-quarterback league, don't start Baker. Right. There's, there's other options out there. Superflex and two-quarterback, if you have another option, you probably want to go that way. Um, what I'm concerned about is a big hit in the game, knocking him out again. Um, Miles Sanders... He has a low ankle sprain, but he's looking to be out week eight, uh, maybe even week nine. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, do you have a preference on one of those guys? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm leaning towards Gainwell here just because we've seen him utilized uh, more this season so far. Um, and, you know, when, when they do use him, uh, he, he looks good. He catches a ball. He's pretty explosive. He's, he's had big plays. He scores touchdowns. And um, I think he's part of their plan this year. Now, I've, I've seen it with Boston Scott before. He used to have that, like, Sproles type of role, um, little scat back. Uh, again, pretty powerful for such a little running back. But that was with a different coaching staff, a different quarterback, a different offensive scheme entirely. 
And I haven't seen him utilized a whole lot like that since then. But that doesn't mean he can't still do it. He has the physical capabilities. But if I'm looking for, um, you know, somebody to flex in while Sanders is out, which I haven't been starting Sanders anyway because the fucking Eagles coaching staff is just boneheads. I still can't figure out why they're not using their running backs more, especially when as talented as Sanders. But it does look like they're willing to use Gainwell. So I don't know if it's because they drafted him or what, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem putting Gainwell in my lineup this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Kenneth Gainwell has a chance to do well, though I do think, like we saw this last week, uh, you know, inside the, the two, three-yard line, I do think they're going to go Scott. Um, he just, like, you know, he's a little mighty human. He yeah. can get in there and do that. <laughs> mighty mouse. Zach Wilson, he has a PCL injury. He's out two to four weeks. Um, they traded for Joe Flacco, but no thank you. I don't want anything to do with Flacco. But I do see when Zach Wilson comes back in two to four weeks, Flacco being able to help him a little bit. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully get him to calm down a little bit. At you least know? be able to answer questions. Like, <laughs> what did you see on this play? And yeah. He, you know, he hasn't had any of that, and his coaching staff is pretty young too. Yeah. So no you know no quarterback to be able to be like okay you need to look for this you need to look for that yeah. and no coaching staff necessarily to you know be able to explain some of that yeah just having somebody else like showing you how to read film you know like looking at film showing you you know how to break down your playbook um so it's more digestible i think wilson's just trying to do too much too fast um he's trying to force a ball in he's just you know but you'll be able to do all that when you're making the right reads. Right now, he's just thinking his arm can get it done. And um, it's turning into turnover after turnover after turnover. And so hopefully, yeah, Flacco can um, teach him to check the ball down. So, I'm, I, you know, when, when, uh, when Flacco was the quarterback, Crowder was, like, going off, you know. Like, he was, that's when he was averaging all the, all the receptions in the world. So um, maybe I'll look for that to kind of happen with – uh, uh, Flacco back in the locker room. If he is starting a couple games while Zach Wilson's out, um, maybe pick up your shares of Crowder. Consider starting him. Uh, I'm hoping they'll keep looking towards Corey Davis uh, as soon as I'm blanking on the, the backup's name, White, the guy yeah, who started before. Like, as soon as he came in, he started targeting Corey Davis, and I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, hopefully they can just calm down. Like, I think everything is super erratic in the Jets organization right now. And if they could just take a deep breath, settle on down a little bit, bring it back to the basics, bring it back vanilla. And Flacco's the most fucking vanilla guy you're going to find. So, you know, maybe that'll help him gradually grow to be the quarterback that we were all hoping he could be. I mean, I, I, I was loving him coming out of college. So, right, right. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But, um, you don't need Flacco unless it's a super deep two yeah. quarterback or super flex league. You Still can, don't need him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just let him sit. Malcolm Brown uh, for Miami. He was put on IR, but sorry, Malcolm. We're only talking about this because uh, that's one less person to take touches away from Miles Gaskin. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully he can keep putting together some decent games. I still don't. still don't really necessarily want to rely on him. Yeah. But I think it helps him a little bit to be – especially a bi-week flex. Exactly. That's where I have him right now. I, I saw in drafts he was going early enough where he's needing to be relied on as your running back two, in some cases even running back one when you were going super heavy on on wide receivers or quarterback early. But 
um, I would not want him in my lineup, except for like a flex. You know, last week would have been fine by apocalypse, but um, yeah, with two two teams on bye week, like I'm still looking for like a second or third flex spot for him. Yep, exactly. Miyagi, let's get into who hurt us this week. Anybody that you you started and you played that just kind of kicked your butt? Yeah, I'll I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. Is Aaron Jones, man, and I and I love him as a player. So it sucks to say, but um, I mean, you you had you had the game in hand against Washington. Uh, you, you were on you were on the field the whole fourth quarter with a handy lead, and he only gets six rush attempts. Like that's not the utilization you want for your running back. Um, he wasn't even getting targeted. I don't know what was going on. If he got if he pissed Aaron Rodgers off before the game or something like that. Or if it was just the Washington run defense. Their defense sucks ass, but, I mean, A.J. Dillon had negative points, too. He had a fumble, and he only had, like, what, three or four yards. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't doing it. So it's not like all the, all of the um, you know, yards were going to a different running back. It was just the, the running backs weren't utilized in that game. And I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I watched enough of the game to, to kind of scratch my head. Like, you, you have a sizable lead. Like, just run the fucking ball. But... Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it sucks. And I ended up losing in that league by a couple points. And, you know, normally you would expect 10, 10 from your running back. I got six points from him. So, uh, it, it, yeah, that hurt, man. That, that hurt me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely when you are counting on your top one or two running backs um, and they put up a dud, it, it definitely hurts. I had, man, the whole Chiefs hurt me. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes, I have multiple shares of Patrick Mahomes. And he, I mean, he wasn't even having a good game before the hit. So oh, no. you can't he's, even blame yeah. it. It was awful. Yeah. He had an interception. He had two fumbles. Luckily, only lost one. I think one went out of bounds or something like that. And just was slinging the ball in places that it didn't need to go. Yeah. I felt like there was times where he had Kelsey on a one-on-one matchup. And... You know, normally he just goes to that. I mean, yeah. Kelsey one-on-one, okay, yes, please, bread yeah. and butter, let's do it. But I felt like there was times he was just not even looking for that and, like, waiting for a wide receiver to come open down the field and then slinging it down there, not even feet set. Yeah. Just, I don't know. He's He doesn't quite look like the MVP Patrick Mahomes. I think he's kind of got to a – a spot where he just wants to sling it and make these like highlight plays. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think that's because it, it, you think it's because he's getting too confident, where he just thinks he can make all these throws, and he's you know yearning for those first year, just everybody gushing over his no look passes and like off balance forty yard down the field things, or do you think there he's just like the Titans were beating him up. Like, yeah. if you have that much pressure on you, like, it, it forces bad decisions. So, I mean. As you're asking this, I'm making this ugly face because <laughs> I'm worried. What if his family is, like, wanting these bad oh, plays? Oh, God, for, their, for the gram? Yeah. Uh, what if they're like, stop throwing those little 12-yard passes to Kelsey? Fucking gross. When you can throw a 90-yard bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. Yeah, so <laughs> I love the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers meme. Where you know what I did? I just stopped talking to my family entirely. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, also from Chico, or a Chico-based podcast, and uh, so that hits a little funnier to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, not funny. Love your family, folks. 
Or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> if yeah, you but... need to, don't. Um, Travis Kelsey hurt me too. Yeah. I, have, I have a couple shares of Travis Kelsey in places that I needed him to have a big game. And he's been having games that don't kill you. He's, his games are cons- – I mean, in the tight end position, if you can hit 70 yards or three yards and a touchdown, either way, you were helpful – but when you have Kelsey, it usually means you had him in a spot where you didn't take an Aaron Jones or yeah. you didn't take a Jonathan Taylor. So you really need him to put up the big 100-yard touchdown-and-a-half games yeah. so that it makes up for that. So, so those guys kicked my butt. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just throw in one more. Just, I mean, he didn't really kill me, but it kind of broke my heart. Like the D- DK, um, he had the one play. And it was 84 yards, touchdown, second play of the game. I needed 30 points from him, which is a, is a lot to ask. But when you get that on the second play of the game, and then with our point system, like, I almost had a bonus. I basically needed 45 more yards from him off a couple receptions. And I'm like, dude, I got this, and I would have beat Trevor. And yeah, no awesome. problem. And then to watch that fuck show of a game, that game was horrible. Did you watch that game? Yeah, 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 it, it was it, bad. It was bad. Besides Camara, like, everything about that game sucked. Geno sucked, Jameis sucked, everything sucked. And, like, he couldn't get another look until the fourth quarter. And, I mean, Lattimore is a fucking stud, but, like, he got the 184, so you think they're going to, like, start looking to him again, and just nothing happened. And, I mean, I can't really bitch about getting 15 points. I think it was, like, 18 points, actually, but... Still, you know, that early in the game to do nothing the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah the Saints D started just pinning their ears back and going for Geno. I mean, I think they ended up with five or six sacks. And yeah. Towards the end, he, he wasn't even getting balls. And I don't know if, if he wasn't taking the short stuff or if they weren't calling the short stuff because, I mean, he was sitting back there for a, a decent number of, you know, one one thousand, two one thousand, yeah. three one thousands, and then sack. Yeah. Or hit, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, I think he was mentally scrambling too much, too. And he would always break out of the pocket too soon anyway. But, like, when you know you're getting hit quickly, like, that clock in your head speeds up. So he was just bailing on plays quickly. And you could, you could see it. That was a not, not functional offense. That worries me for the next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Until they get Russ back, it's, yeah. it's kind of a toss-up. But Yeah. Um, let's get into the question of the week. Uh, you want to ask it? You want me to ask it? What are we doing? I'll ask. You can go first. So um, this time of year, um, you know, you've, you kind of know what's going on. Uh, you're in the heart of fantasy season. So what are some of the strategies that you normally like to keep secret from your league that you practice this time of year? So this is super awesome because a lot of our league mates listen to this podcast and when you spill your secrets, you're spilling your secrets. But we've kind of said from the beginning we want to be able to help people and want some of our less dedicated league mates to learn to play the game better. You know, I can tell you as a commissioner, um, when your league mates play the game better, they feel better about it, they feel like they're more knowledgeable, they stick around longer, they play longer. And they're more engaged. And exactly. Yeah. We And we are, you know, we're in a lot of dynasty leagues, so you want your players to stick around. Yeah. But even the reject leagues, when a player feels <laughs> that they're more engaged and feel they have more knowledge, they'll tr- make trades with oh, you. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so many times in every league you have a guy that you talk a trade to and he's into it, but he feels he's getting taken advantage of because Correct. you must know something he doesn't know. And 
So, you know, so basically we want to be able to get everybody closer to the same page. Yeah. So my secret is, and it's not that big of a secret, but it's to make sure you always pay attention to who was dropped every time waivers go through. That's awesome. You know, there's a lot of times when you put money, you know, you put your fab dollars on a guy and waivers run and you look to see, did I get that guy? And, you know, oh, man, I missed him by a dollar. So you're, you know, oh, no, dang it. And then you just look and you say, oh, this guy was picked up and this guy was picked up. And then you move on. And then the next day, waivers run again. And you go to look and somebody was picked up that you, yeah. you don't even, you know, have any idea was on waivers. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'd use the example of like a Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen's a great player, more than likely isn't going to be dropped. But... He was on bye last week. Yeah. Mike Williams has kind of established himself as the number one. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible for a guy like Keenan Allen to be to be dropped. Yeah. You know, and if you're not looking to see who was dropped for every player that was picked up, and then somebody else comes in and swoops up Keenan Allen for a couple fab dollars. Yeah. And you're just like, oh gosh, dang it! I would have, I would have put money on him. I would have, you know, I would have done that. I needed a wide receiver. Yeah. And instead, you're stuck trying to pick up somebody to take Antonio Brown's spot. Yeah. You know, I mean, so that's that's my that's my secret that I, you know, always every time there's an add or drop, check to see who the drop was. Nine times out of ten. It's going to be a legitimate drop that you don't care about. They didn't care about it. Somebody that's hurt. But there's always those times. I mean, we tell a story in our leagues from years, years past. Uh, David Johnson was dropped in a league um, his rookie year. And uh, it was over like the Thanksgiving holiday. And nobody saw it. And I picked him up. And everybody was like, what, what? You know, what happened? (laughs) And I picked him up and played him and ended up winning the championship with, yeah. with him. Um, it also turned out it was a mistake and the guy lost his mind. But <laughs> by the time he realized it, because yeah. he, again, didn't check to see pickups and drops, I'd already played him a week on my team. So there yeah. was no, you know, there's no way to give him back at that point. Yeah, there's a grace period, but he waited 10 days. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. So that, that's my secret. Check, check to see who the drops are when there's pickups. Because sometimes those do become big names. Yeah, and that's a great example too. Uh, I um, earlier on in one of my redraft leagues, uh, before the season even started, everybody was still kind of clamoring around and like picking up picks or picking up players that they were hearing hype about during training camp and stuff. And somebody dropped Leonard Fournette, and I was like, "Shit, yep, I, exactly. yeah, I, I need that guy on my team." And he wouldn't. He wasn't even in my top four running backs. I think I had, like, Swift, or, or I had CEH, so he's coming. Oh, no, no, Clyde Edwards is there, yeah. That is huge. Um, and so he's, like, not only kept my team afloat, but, like, I'm tied for the lead in that league. Um, so, like, you will find, like, another man's trash is, like, your gems. Like, yeah, you, exactly. you, will, you will find players that you know something about or, like, People can just have a couple bad weeks because they're fighting off an ankle sprain or something like that, but you still believe in their talent. You can swoop them up for, like you said, a couple bucks on fab. And, um, you know, if you believe in a player's talent, eventually it's going to shine through, you know, like like Calvin Ridley. <laughs> so um, for me, I, I, I had two of them here, and I'm going to stick with one of them, but I'll, I'll read them both off. So I was uh, either going to do, like, looking for players that have already been on their bye week 
um, during trades. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, get it, an extra game. It, yeah, so you get the extra game, um, trading away players that haven't had their bye week. Um, that can kind of be sort of sneaky, but at the same time, in Dynasty, you can actually use that as an asset where you can put pair together a trade and say, look, my player's already been on their bye week, you know, and you're going to need them for your guys' bye week coming up here, blah, blah, blah. And then you have that player for the next couple years if you think they're a better player anyway. But I decided, like, this time of year specifically because at this time of year, you have a generally good idea on if you're going to be a playoff team or not. You're either... You're either going to be chasing that championship or you're going to be working on gaining assets for future years. So what I like to do around this time of year is um, start looking for matchups for the playoff run, man, um, because you also have a general idea on how defenses are going to be. Like at the beginning of the year, you wanted to try to avoid the Washington defense. Uh, now you want to target them. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> They're at the bottom. Um, so what I did is I just looked at basically um, – teams that I want to see in the championship game first. So, like, basically any team, well, there's only one team playing Houston. You want to see whoever's playing Houston. That's the Niners. So, uh, I am targeting maybe acquiring some of those Niner assets that you can sort of get on the cheap. Like, it's it's still tough to trade for Kittle, but he's on IR. People are kind of getting sick of his injuries. But if you have that guy for a championship game against a team like Houston, that is fucking great. Um, if you want to start t stashing your Jeff Wilson, hoping that around championship time he's going to be the lead running back for them, that's going to be great. Um, the rest of their playoffs, they have uh, Atlanta and Tennessee, so you can easily, easily make it into that um, uh, championship game facing those type of defenses. And then also the Cardinals. So the Cardinals... Again, if you have room on your on your bench to stash a Christian Kirk or, um, I mean, Rondell Moore, who I still love, but any of these players that are kind of on the cheap right now but come playoff season, they're going to be facing um, – damn, my, my screenshot. So I don't have their exact playoff team that they're playing, but um, look for Arizona players as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Look ahead, set yourself up. And, um, yeah, also trading for guys that have already had their buy for guys that haven't had their buy is a great way to help your buy week. You know, I mean, if you're going to go into a game and you're going to have two wide receivers on buy and you can make a trade for a guy that already had his buy, yeah. you're good to go. You yeah. get that guy in, you don't have to worry about the buys there. So, yeah, I think both those are great. We'll get into our six-pack of the week. We'll crack some beers here. Nice. We're going to talk about players that were drafted in round 7 through 11. Um, we're going to talk uh, strictly redraft, no, no dynasty, but guys that were drafted this year in the later rounds that have definitely been outperformed their ADP and are helping you, you know, helping you win. We always say you don't win the league at the draft, but you definitely set yourself up at the draft yeah and I think I've noticed myself more this year than other years past too many times I'm seeing guys draft their safe second tight end or their safe second quarterback or even safe defense which is funny because you know at draft time Washington was that yeah. that safe <laughs> yeah. defense that you know they were drafting instead of taking high upside guys that are 
if they hit, are really going to help you out. And of course, there's times where they don't hit. And you know, did you? But did you waste that pick at seven, eight, nine? No. I mean, no. at that point, it's you know. So a couple of the guys we're going to talk about. Uh, the first guy I'm going to mention is Michael Pittman. Yes. Um, he was drafted uh, like right around the end of round nine, nine point ten, stuff like that. Uh, drafted after guys like Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Odell Beckham Jr. And he is starting to become the alpha in Indy. Um, there's, Wentz is starting to look for him, starting to chuck it up to him, let him make the tough plays. And, you know, he was a high upside guy going into the season that, you know, you take, you take the... You take the risk, so-called, of that, but knowing what his upside could be, knowing what you, you know, could see him do, and, uh, you know, instead of taking your second defense and stuff like that, I think I think he's just been a great player, and he's on the rise and going to be moving up this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he had the potential coming out of that loaded draft class, too, as just being the star of that draft class, and... Um, he had an injury last year. He had Philip Rivers last year. It's halfway through the season now. He's working out that chemistry with Wentz. And Wentz is getting the confidence in him. Wentz is not worried about just chucking the ball down to him now in those 50-50 balls and saying, go get it. And dude's a beast, man. He's explosive. And, and yeah, he is um, looking like everything we hoped he would be. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start out because I've already talked about him. But um, Debo, man, Debo was in the ninth round. Uh, people kind of chalked him up as a loss after after Ayuk emerged last year. Um, but again, Debo was hurt, and that's kind of always been his thing. If he can stay healthy, he's a beast. I love watching this dude play. He is just fun. He, him and Kittle are like just same. They just yeah. like to run through people and laugh on their way to the end zone. But that also means they get hurt a lot. But when they don't get hurt, like he's, he's had a healthy season, um, he's averaging 108 yards a game right now and just under a touchdown. And like half of those yards are yak yards. He gets the ball short and those are nice safe passes. So that means he's get, he can still hold up that target ratio of only like eight targets and maybe catch six of them and then run after he catches the ball. And he's still gonna max out, you know, 100 yards. We've seen him blow up for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns once this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he readily gets over 100 yards um, and plenty of touchdowns. Um, it, it's just a matter of health. I do kind of wish Ayuk would do a little bit better. Like, I was hoping Debo would establish himself as the alpha, which he has, but not to the point where Ayuk can't get a single look because now defenses can just scheme to just stop Debo. <laughs> but he's still catching all the balls, so it's like you can scheme all you want. They manufacture touches for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, they make sure to, you know, wide receiver screens. They give him wide receiver sweeps. Oh, I yeah. Mean, they are, they he want gets rushing the ball yards. in his yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he um, he's killing it, man. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. I have him in one league that I'm really happy. Um, I was kind of down on him last year, I'm not going to lie, uh, and I just took a chance, and I almost actually took him to trade him. You know, I was like, well, yeah. there's 49er fans in my area, and, man, he's been fun. I'm so happy to have him. Yeah. My second guy is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase <laughs> was drafted 
at least uh, eight four, eight five, somewhere in there, maybe even the ninth round in some leagues. And he's number two in receiving yards um, on the season, right behind uh, Cooper Cup. And he's also set the most uh, receiving yards in the first seven games for a rookie. Um, So he is killing it. He is great. Uh, Burrow loves him and chucks it up to him, and he's making some great catches. Um, I was looking back at some of my uh, drafts just to kind of see where players were, and there was this draft where... In this league, Jamar Chase went at 8.4. At 8.3 was Robert Tanyan, (laughs) who was this team's second tight end behind TJ Hawkinson. The team right before that at 8.2 took Tyler Higby, so they took a tight end. But at the time that they took Tyler Higby, Noah Fant was still still out there. Noah Fant (laughs) went in the 11th round. So right before Jamar Chase went Tyler Higby, a team's second tight end, and then Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's... Just where we're saying you need to take the high upside players because when they hit, they are what's going to help you into the championship. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll transition into that. Um, Who, what I perceived was actually a safer player who's turned into a higher upside player. And I've already talked about him too, but Fournette, man. Like, I I got him in another uh, another league, um, picked him up in the 10th round. People were just all out on Fournette. Like, at a minimum, he's going to be an active player in that offense. I didn't think that he was going to develop into being their feature back, although we know the potential is there. That's what he was, he was drafted, what, number four overall or five overall when he was drafted um, because he can be that bell cow back. But he always just kind of seemed like a knucklehead. And Bruce Arians doesn't seem like the type of person who puts up with being a knucklehead. Right. But it sounds to me like he got a lot of, you know, heart-to-heart talks from Brady. And he, by all accounts, has taken his job incredibly seriously this year. And you're seeing the dividends pay for that. He's averaging 80 yards a game he's averaging just under a touchdown a game he's getting the pass work he's getting you know anywhere from he's he's averaging seven targets and catching four of those receptions a game and and dude's getting uh you know over the last four games i I should i should preface that all my stats for the last four games when he really actually started getting that bell cow work he took over yeah and he's not giving it back (laughs) like um so he's getting over 20 points a game and you like if you can get that in the ninth round tenth round dude you're getting that advantage. There's low draft capital for it. And, you know, if push comes to shove, you can use that because he still has name value that you've picked up in the 10th round to maybe trade now that they've already had their earlier bye week or anything like that. Um, He's the exact type of player where you can flip into other assets, you know, because he's showing value right now. Oh, for sure, definitely. He's been he's been great, and I wish I had some shares of him. <laughs> My last guy is uh, Brown. That is Marquise Hollywood Brown. He went even later. He went, like, the last part of round 11 into round 12, yeah. and he was drafted after guys like Marquise Calloway, DJ Chark, Russell Gage, and he is just been Mr. Consistent like he was to end last year. I think he yeah. ended last year on a, a five-game touchdown streak or something like that, mm-hmm. and he is, he's kept it up. I think his last game wasn't very good, but I mean, all the rest of the games, he's consistently putting up, you know, 80 to 100, and he's catching touchdowns. I mean, you know, people want to say Lamar doesn't throw a lot, but 
when he does, he's pretty efficient with it. And uh, Hollywood Brown is definitely making a big run. If you have him this year, you've known. you played him and just been consistent. You just set him and forget him. You're going to get, you know, 14 points from him or, or, or something like that. And so just another uh, late round guy with high upside. Um, just real quick, I'm not going to say that he's in my list, but Antonio Brown yeah. would have definitely been on the list. Uh, he's injured right now and looks like he's going to miss a couple games, so kind of hard to, to fit him in. But he was also Shit, drafted, you know, ninth, tenth round, and there's games that he's, you know. He looks like Antonio Brown. Looks like yeah. Antonio Brown of yeah. old. Again, he, he had <laughs> – Brady doing God's work over here, yeah. just taking these guys in and sitting them down and yeah. telling them the the way the the way this is the Patriot. I mean Tampa Bay yeah. way. This, this is, is how, how we do we're things. gonna do it. Get your head out of your ass, and we'll win a lot. Of, yeah, exactly. So yeah. just I mean Antonio Brown would have made the list, but just a little extra. Yeah, yeah. So this last guy, I am so happy to have on my list because I've been sticking by this guy's side for years for years and it's mike williams i've always seen the talent i've always seen the ability um i as much as i appreciated philip rivers as a quarterback the last couple years he was not able to force the ball down the field and put it where it needed to be herbert does not have that problem and they're not all just deep balls that he's getting i mean he's getting shorter crossing routes as well and and being able to run after the catch it's not just jump 10 feet in the air fall down with a 50-yard reception and hurt your hip for the next six weeks he's getting the ball in space where he doesn't have to jump up so i don't know if it's the coaching scheme or herbert reading the defenses and get him the ball quicker but mike williams even with the game where he only caught one pass for six yards that sank me um He's averaging 83 yards a game and a touchdown per game, and he's still getting just under 10 targets a game. Dude is more than just a deep threat in this offense, and again, if he can stay healthy, he is more than paying off his 11th round draft price that you paid for him. He was getting drafted around Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. People were, he's a dart throw. It's the same people yeah. think it, if he's healthy, he can, he can kill it. Now, there's also going to be times like, uh, I'm thinking, of who is the guy, uh, Baldwin, for the Seahawks? Uh, like, when they're injured, you want to try to hit those lotto tickets, but then the last couple of years, it's just never hitting. So it really does feel good to have Mike Williams pay off this year. And I know it's still early enough in the year that he can still get hurt, but good God, he's fun to watch when he's healthy, man. Yeah, he is a stud for sure. He's, he's always been fun to watch those deep balls the jump balls he just excels at those so much it's it's great to watch um but do remember um no matter how bad you need a tight end don't trade mike williams for a tight end straight <laughs> up not a good idea especially a second tight end on a team Let's get into our sponsor this week. Uh, this week's show is brought to you by, well, actually, it's actually made possible thanks <laughs> to Mr. Max Minardi. Max has been behind us from the day we said we wanted to do a podcast. He gave me all the equipment details we needed to get started. He sat down with me and has shown me how to edit. He's even helped, and I say helped in quotes because he did it all. <laughs> He helped with making our logo and officially getting us on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So thank you, Max. You can check him out at both maxminardi.com for his music and swag or freshhopcinema.com 
for his movie and beer podcast. We can honestly say 100% we would not be here today without him. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Max. Yeah, Max is the man. And Max is a unique type of person because I can basically talk shit about anybody, like anybody. And I can't really think of anything bad to say about Max. He's just genuinely a good dude and, like, I can't believe how much he just dived into helping us just on a whim. It's fucking awesome. Shout out, Max. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Max. Love you, buddy. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we, we finished our beer of the day, and we just got through a six-pack. Let's talk about what's got us buzzed. What are, what are we excited for fantasy-wise this week? Well, I mean, it, to, to piggyback off of our sponsor, man, I'll be honest with you. It's just doing this podcast. It's... it's um, not only is it something I look forward to doing every week, but I'm loving getting the feedback from people that we know. And I'm loving seeing, like, the dividends, like we were talking about earlier, getting people to be, be better or at least be more knowledgeable. Sometimes that doesn't translate into being better at fantasy football, but at least having a knowledge and understanding of some of the thought process that we go into so that we can share a conversation with them. So it's not like... It, it isn't... It's, it's transitioned from people asking you or I fantasy advice to us just having more conversations with people it's not it's not like hey who should i start it's like hey man like what do you think about this matchup or or something like that because they're looking at that next level of fantasy football and it's been it's been great it's it's cool seeing your friends kind of because i've always felt like a junkie you know like i i am so just buried in fantasy football because a, a large part of my mornings i used to just be able to listen to podcasts and 90% 90% of it was football podcasts or sports radio, Dan Patrick shows, stuff like that. So to be able to share some of that obsession and just infect other people's lives with it and see them kind of get overly obsessed by stuff too, um, I, I fucking love it, man. I, I love doing this show or this podcast, and I love seeing it pay off. Um, not financially yet, but in <laughs> um, spiritual currency, I guess. I think this is the point I'm supposed to like make fun of you and call you a name about this being your your what's got you buzz. But I'm I'm on board. I'm yeah. right there with you. I, I was telling you right before we started. I was dreaming about we were doing the podcast last night, and I was screwing up the editing. And so yeah, this has been fun uh, for us. I know both of us. We have a friend, uh, Jason, who. We basically made him play fantasy <laughs> football. Was it two years ago, or yeah, was it, it was just two, last year? Last year was his first year. Last so year, was, we, just, year. we just made him. Yeah. We, we made him play a, a redraft league, and then a little while later made him play a dynasty league, and then just recently had him take over an orphan team in a dynasty league. And he knows probably 20 players in the NFL, <laughs> and yet gives it his all oh yeah I and mean, he's every you know start sit he's checking stats to oh, see yeah. how they've been doing the last couple games and how they've done against this team and and one of the leagues he's five and six and one yeah right? just yeah. Yeah, six and one six and, and one and he's killing that yeah he's, he'll tell you all about it <laughs> he will do that he will do that but you know it's been fun to, to have conversations and you know this is the kind of stuff where we want him to listen and him to understand oh okay when we talk about this this is what we mean or when we mention this it actually translates to this so yeah. this podcast is great one thing though about the podcast is um we end up talking so much fantasy football all the time that I'm never sure if I talk about something that I've <laughs> talked about on the podcast before or if I just it was you and me talking whenever but 
if I've already talked about this, I apologize. But what's got me buzzed is having Jamar Chase uh, on my team in Dynasty Leagues. I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> he, like I said, has the most yards in the first seven games for a rookie. He's number two in the NFL in receiving yards. Um, he's at a touchdown a game pace. Uh, I think he had one game he didn't, but he had another game he scored two. Yeah, and he just looks fucking historic, man. Like, you just watch him play, and it's like, God damn, this guy's special. Yeah, uh, right before week one, back when he still couldn't catch. Yeah, he couldn't catch to save his life. He was a bust. I traded DK Metcalf, Daryl Mooney, Najoku, and a third. And I got Jamar Chase and DJ Moore, and I just got run through the coals for it of how bad of a trade it was. And, and I was telling people, I just believe in Jamar Chase. I believe that he can catch. Yeah. And uh, it's fun to look back at that trade and laugh and say I would make that trade 100 out of 100 oh, times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do believe I, I didn't talk a whole lot of shit but i was more like dude if you wanted to shop dk i would have given you like i would have loved to have had a shot at getting dk and you're like you don't have jamar chase it's like oh okay all right yeah Yeah. (laughs) i guess i guess that makes sense so i was a little i was a little butthurt and then the guy who got dk won't sell him to me even though he has tax evasion and potential murder charges against him facts hashtag (laughs) uh speaking of trades Uh, We like to talk about drunken trades, trades that are just awful, trades that are bad, trades that when you you get the alert trade, you know, somebody offered you a trade and you go look and you're like, how drunk is this guy? You made me open my phone for this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We actually made a Facebook page called At Bad Fantasy Football Trades where we just encourage people, post the trades, post the ones you get that you just you know, can't fathom. You just don't understand why they send it to you. It's not even worth, uh, you know, trying to resend them something else. You can't even counter. It's yeah. just shut it down, say no, walk away. And and this week, uh, we, I was laughing. Um, guy offered, he was giving away Hunter Renfro. Yeah. It's a focal point. In the has Oakland. Yeah. PPR. Yeah. I mean, he's getting seven catches a game. Yeah. And 12 yards, that's a lie more than that. But, you know, not so, a whole lot more. So he gets Hunter Renfro. That's who he gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all he has to do to get Hunter Renfro is uh, give up DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Straight up. Dude. No draft pick or anything? No draft pick. <laughs> He's getting Renfro? No nothing. Dude. No nothing. Just Renfro. Well, I mean, let's. let's I mean, I think they here. call him Big Game Renfro. I think. Is what <laughs> well, he won that national championship back in college way back then. But yeah, that's a, like you know what pisses me off about trades like this is like, not only do I have to see it and like open my phone and like change whatever I was thinking about previously to then run this through my head that this even exists, but then like, like I think about. How, how this guy came to that conclusion that sending that out might possibly work, and I just get mad. I get angry, dude. <laughs> right. How did you, how did you, because that's what, you know, you and I talk about, we talk trades every day, all day. Yeah. It's like, well, my thought process is this. And yeah. Like, and then there'll be times that you're like, no, you're wrong, or, you know, but I'm like, okay, but was my thought process there? And you're like, well, yeah, but it doesn't, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. This is exactly like, what is the thought process? Like, How do you even, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I like to say this a lot, you know, like 
Hunter Renfro doesn't make this trick. No, Hunter Renfro's mom doesn't make this yeah, trick. Yeah, this is one that even it's like, his mom is like, no, 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 I mean, no. Like, okay, let's think. Normally, I think, okay, age difference. D Hop's still under 30. Renfro's 25, but he's fucking Hunter Renfro. And he's DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe it's like, oh, he's part of a shitty offense. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is part of an undefeated team that's offense is fucking changing the game. It's, a, it's crazy. And then you've got the vanilla ass Raiders. It, like, what, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? There's, there's a, a good possibility, and I'm, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but there's a possibility that DeAndre Hopkins at, what is he, 28, 27? 29, yeah. Is he 29? Yeah, yeah, okay. he just turned 29. Okay, there's a possibility that what DeAndre Hopkins does from today until he <laughs> retires could be better than what Hunter Renfro does from today until he retires. I, I think you could just include all of Hunter Renfro's career. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, Give him what he's already like, got. Give him what he's already yeah. got. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins could beat that in the next four to five years. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is – he's not just a good or even elite wide receiver. He's, like, one of the best who's ever fucking done it. Ever played the game. And he's – not he hasn't slowed down at all. He's still just killing it, and the the fucking offense just feeds him the ball. Even with all the other weapons the Cardinals have, that was the big thing. Like, well, maybe he'll get less targets. Dude is still like getting targeted at least ten times a game. He's getting well over twenty five percent. He used to be up in the thirty thirty percent of targets, but he's still well over twenty five percent of the targets, and that's great for this type of offense. And then, and then Hunter Renfro. <laughs> You got you got rugs, you got Waller, you got Brian Edwards. All of them are getting more. Drake. Look. You got fucking Kenyon Drake. You got Josh Jacobs, who should be more of a focal part now. And then you got Hunter fucking Renfro, who just comes in every now and then, catches a first down. Everybody's like, "Yeah, hey, good job, buddy. Get back to the bench." And then you want DeAndre Hopkins for that. Like I'm mad now, Nick. I'm like literally mad. I'm fucking. If Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro didn't go to the same church, there would be no oh, chance they would be thrown at That's. Must be it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Love drunken trades. <laughs> the uh, best. Keep them coming. Keep putting them on the, on the page so that we can look at them, but no need to send them to me. Yeah. Don't be scared to send them out, just not to me. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, take a minute here. Let's get into some matchups that we think you can take advantage of uh, fantasy-wise. Miyagi, who you got this week? So I'm eyeballing a, a specific game. I, I really like the Cowboys and the Vikings game. Um, I think they both have really, really good offenses. They're both explosive. Um, when I looked back and I was looking at the Vikings record, because it's not that great, I, I realized that they lost early in the season to uh, the Bengals and the Cardinals. And at that time, nobody expected both of them to be the number one seeds of their division. They're both top-notch teams, and the Vikings barely lost to them. They, I think they should have beaten the Cardinals, but there was like that misfield goal at the end. Um, right. So I, I think they're a very capable um, offense, and, and I, I believe in Cousins, actually. Like, he's, he's doing pretty well. He's averaging uh, just under 30 points a game fantasy-wise, just under 300 yards. So he's getting that 300-yard uh, bonus for you if you do that, and, and right around two touchdowns a game. And the thing that's most impressive this year, which I'm sure I'm jinxing right now, is he only has two interceptions. Uh, so he's taking care of the ball. And you, you've got, I mean... Dalvin Cook in the play that guy, um, yes. especially, you know, he's getting healthier again. Um, but this week specifically, I'm thinking of taking Adam Thielen and ranking him over Jefferson. 
um, because on the other side of the field, the Cowboys have uh, Trayvon Diggs. And I don't know if you've been following that dude this year, but that guy is fucking electric. He's a cornerback for the Cowboys. Um, through six games, he has seven interceptions. He's killing it. He's killing it. I think is that um, Stefan Diggs' brother? Yeah, yeah dude is. is unreal. He actually, has, I think he has more touchdowns or the same number of touchdowns <laughs> as Stefan Diggs. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, so you know, I'm I'm guessing he is a lockdown. So they're going to have him focus on one receiver, and I'm guessing that receiver is going to be Jefferson. So if that's the case, I'm I'm hoping you're going to have one of those vintage, awesome Adam Thielen games. Probably a touchdown. Probably over a hundred yards. Um, a lot of a lot of dump off passes to Dalvin Cook. They're probably not going to be trying to force the ball super far down the field. And then Conklin's been doing you know serviceable. He's not. If you need to stream a tight end, especially with this week, you've got Andrews and Waller out on bye. If you need to stream a tight end, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Conklin in at all. And then on the other side, the Cowboys, man, their offense is, is fucking killing it. They're averaging like 34 points a game, dude. Did you realize that? Dude, my boy Dak. So dude. I, I hate saying nice things about the Cowboys because fuck them and Blake too and butt fumble for being Cowboy fans. But with Kellen Moore running the offense, I've liked that dude since he was a quarterback for, I think he was Boise in, in college. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, look at that little fellow out there just slinging the ball over the place. And it's because he's offensive minded. He knows how to manipulate defenses. And when you have explosive players like CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, you know, Schultz is killing it now. You got Zeke then you're seeing what can happen with a capable quarterback like Dak at the reins. Last year, you just wished for this, but you were right. like, I'm going to deal with <laughs> Andy Dalton, and then I forget even I who the, the other guy's Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you saw a little bit of it with C.D. Lamb last week. They closed off with, you know, he had, what, 150-something yards, and yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if he can start streaming those games together, it's going to be incredible. But right now it's still like it could be Amari Cooper this game. You don't know. Both of them are elite elite wide receivers. And so um, it it could be both of them, especially with an explosive offense on the other side. It could be a shootout. Look for Dalton Schultz to keep getting yards. Man, that dude is just eating up the middle of the field. And I, I look for this to be just points piled on points piled on points. I hope so. I have uh, lots of CD Lamb. I got lots of Dak. I would I would love to see them them do well. My uh, matchup is the Rams at the Houston Texans. Nice. Um, now I'm not saying anything good about the Houston Texans here, <laughs> um, but I'm all all for the Rams. Uh, Vegas has the over under at 46, and they have Houston at <laughs> plus 14 and a half which basically breaks down to Vegas is saying that the Rams are going to score 30 and Houston is only going to score 16. So the Rams, I think, can easily put up 30. Um, I think, you know, I'm, Bobby Trees, uh, he gets a timber. I'm yeah. not even sure what that means, but Bobby <laughs> Trees is great. Daryl Henderson, he's going to have a good game. Uh, I'm going to step out on line. I'm going to say Van Jefferson gets nice. in the end zone. Nice. He's a good player, man. Uh, he is. He's yeah. been he's been doing great. I think even as the the third wide receiver, I think he's going to get in this week. And I mean, not that it needs to be said, but Cooper Cup, he's vaccinated, <laughs> caffeinated, freshly masturbated, <laughs> and he's ready to score all over Houston. <laughs> I mean, Cooper Cup is the man. So get your Rams out. Don't be afraid to get Van Jefferson in there. Um, of you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are already stars, so they're going to be in there. But get them in, enjoy it, have a good time. Houston, mm, I would say play your Rams defense. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they're uh, they're not vaccinated or caffeinated. <laughs> they probably haven't done the other one either. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I agree. I was looking at that game also just because when you can get a um, a game so out of hand that the whole fourth quarter and half a third quarter they can just run the ball. That's going to be great for your secondary players like Sony Michelle. You know, uh, th- there might be enough points scored in the first half with Daryl Henderson in the game, with Cup, uh, Cooper Cup, with uh, Robert Woods. Um, they can get theirs in the first half against this defense easily. And granted, you always want to see them go through the whole game and just eat them up forever. But in that fourth quarter, yeah, right. Van Jefferson could just be getting all the looks there. It could be uh, Sony Michelle, or even if it is just Daryl Henderson eating the clock out. I mean, that's great. That's yeah, great for yeah. fantasy. And then also you have the other flip side where, you know, if Houston just has some fucking garbage time and they're just chucking the ball to Brendan Cooks, like, do it. That's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still think the Rams' defense is a good start, and uh, they'll probably get some turnovers as well. I did want to just mention one thing here, though. It's not on either one of our um, games that we highlighted, but um, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be locking up Mike Evans this week. And have you looked at their history? No. Mike Evans has never gotten more than 20 yards when he's playing against Lattimore. And I was hoping maybe with Antonio Brown in the game that Lattimore would be shadowing him. But um, I would keep a questionable eye on Mike Evans this week. If you have another option. So I should play my Chris Godwin shares? You should play your Chris Godwin shares, exactly. Or Gronk or Fournette. Um, Because, uh, yeah, Lattimore's really good at, at his job. And I love Mike Evans. I love, love Mike Evans. But I cannot deny the history of the last several years, the two games that he plays against the Saints with Lattimore are his worst of the season. All right, guys, it is Thursday, so there's a game tonight. Make sure you unflex them. Make sure to move Thursday players out of your flex spots. Give yourself that flexibility to play any position in your flex spot later in the week. Don't get caught having to try to squeeze in some running back because you played your Thursday night player in your flex spot, and now you can't move him. Especially with all the COVID shit, man. Look at the Packers. Yep, exactly. Uh, Guys, thanks so much for listening. We're so happy to have you. Um, We did it. Guys and gals, we are on Apple Podcasts, and we are on Spotify. Thank you, Max. Um, So if you drive a Tesla, you can download (laughs) it straight to your car and listen as you drive. Please give us a follow, then rate and review at both Spotify and iTunes and or iTunes. It greatly helps our podcast get found by others. You can also email us if you want, maybe fantasy questions, start sit questions, or if you just want to hear a story on air, let us know. Email is fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Again, that's draft, D-R-A-U-G-H-T fantasy on draft at gmail thanks for checking us out miyagi always great always a good time wonderful time i love doing this and tell somebody you love them today you cynical sons of bitches let's do it be nice to each other later peace out